say a few things about resources. Uh, I've got a lot here deliberately, and there's a few actually I forgot. So if you're looking for just an easy way to get in to any of these topics, this little book by Vaughan Roberts on transgender is really helpful. This book, which is now going to be updated because it's already 10 years old and therefore out of date by Sam Aubrey, who I think is the best thinker around. I really like him, called Is God Anti-Gay? And then this is really good because it was written in 1981 or something by John Stott. And what you realize is the arguments haven't changed. And actually, and so there was a revise to say, now there's a new book by Matthew Vines, God and the Gay Christian. It's just an old hash one by John Bosworth from the 1980s. So there's a kind of thinking that we're, you know, we're getting more enlightened, but the arguments actually haven't changed. So that's as good as anything still. So those three, you can see the size of them. You can easily read those in an evening. If you then want something a little bit, a bit, a bit, a bit deeper, this one, the plausibility problem is fantastic because instead of saying these are the Bible verses, it says your friends could never even contemplate the Bible at the moment, unless some of the plausibility structures in their heart and mind change. Mm. So there's a plausibility problem before there's a truth question. Yeah. And that's just a fantastic book, uh, Ed Shaw. Um, similarly, that's what Sam Aubrey does with Seven Myths About Singleness. It's basically looking at plausibility. So he says, for example, uh, singleness wastes your sexuality. Singleness means no family. Singleness means no intimacy. He's challenging the plausibility that singleness is inherently bad for the human being. Um, and then what, the Bible, uh, what does the Bible teach about homosexuality? Going through all the verses, all the revisionists and the more modern say, oh, was Paul not talking about this? And they didn't have the category. And wasn't he talking about uh, pedestry and things like that? He no, let's look at it. Old, New Testament, uh, the whole gospel story. So those are slightly three deeper ones. Then you have uh, a couple of testimonials. The one I'd recommend you get is because uh, he's a Hollywood kind of, he, he lived in Hollywood circles, still does. Beckett Cook, he's got a YouTube channel. And um, so he, he was like gay and living it out and bumped into a Bible study in California and, you know, became a Christian. I mean, absolutely, you, you, your eyes are bulging every time you read something. Um, and then Rachel Gilson was a secular who stole mere Christianity. From a, from, and put it into a handbag and became a Christian after stealing Christianity. <laughs> and she was at Yale, got a PhD, and was a radical feminist and realised, and a lesbian, practising lesbian, had been all her, all, all her teenage years. And uh, coming out, coming to faith, and what comes next. So those are two great stories. Now, the one I've, I've lent to my lodger, so I don't have it with me, is Space at the Table. This is the must-go-to book for how to have, how, how to have the conversations conversations between an evangelical theologian and his gay son, Brad and Drew Harper, they are very good to write their story and all the brokenness of it and help us into it. And, and it's wonderful because at the end of the story, he's still a gay son and he's still an evangelical theologian. Mm. And they've worked through all the mistakes they both made and uh, conversion therapy and it's all in there. I mean, it's a really helpful. Uh, the, the, the tone of it, if nothing else, is marvellous. Mm. Um, so space at the table. Uh, uh, yeah, my lodger has that one now. So those are some on that. Then if you want to understand a bit more about gender dysphoria and navigating transgender issues in challenge, Mark Yarhouse is the leading evangelical theologian, very sensitive, and he's looking at the science and the psychology of that as well as the biblical views. Then we have some slightly more different approaches to the, the topic. This book is a fantastic, a better story, God, Sex and Human Flourishing, written by Glenn Harrison, a uh, professor of psychology, I think, um, psychiatry at Bristol. And he sort of says, yeah, this is why we've got to where we've got to. And we don't know how to tell a better story as Christians. All we have is bad news. 
So this is the challenge of our day. And to be fair, he doesn't tell a better story. He just tells us we need to. And everyone's like, yeah, but you haven't done it. So even he didn't quite get to do it, uh, ironically. Then this I cannot recommend enough for help. How do we get to where we've got to? But it's heavy. I mean, it's very easy to read, but it's, it's, it's you know, going through 250 years of philosophy. He has written a layman's one, which I have yet to read because I was just going to read, read that one first. Okay, so Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists uh, uh, Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution, and uh, the, the Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Carl Truman, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. He basically says, my grandpa would have thought the phrase, I'm a man stuck in a woman's body nonsensical. But now, if you disagree with that, you're going to be seen as a bigot. How did we get that in 100 years? Like, that's, you know, he just answers that academically. Very sensitively, he goes, I want everyone who disagrees with me to go, but he states my argument the best that's ever been stated. You know, it's just a reasonable book. Tom Holland, I can't stop quoting, Dominion, uh, non-Christian historian, says, how have we got all our values that we have today around compassion, consent, justice, mercies, um, equality of men and women. He says it's all biblical, St. Paul and Jesus. Like no, no other civilization gave us this. And he ends with a chapter on woke and the, on, on love. And he says even though Christians may have challenges with how modern culture is defining love and woke, modern culture is using Christian terms to redefine Christian values. So very interesting. And then Destroyer of Gods, Early Christian Distinctives in the Roman World. I read this on my trip to Rome. And it's basically how the early Christians were a countercultural community. And one of the things was their sexual ethic. But they married that with, you know, taking the baby girls off the streets. Uh, you know, they preached against infanticide while taking in the baby girls off the streets. You know, their sexual ethic was, their, 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 their response to the human need was very all-encompassing. Um, and uh, he's just a, histor- a historian. I think he might be dead now from, from Scotland, uh, you know, Scottish uh, in uh, at, yeah, University of Edinburgh, fantastic book to read. I mean, just if you, if you like that kind of stuff. So, just some 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 books there. I have the list here, along with other talks, articles, summary su- summary articles. Because sometimes you go, I haven't got time to read that, but I'll read a summary article. A few I'm going to pull up on the screen, and if you give me your email after this, or if I have it, um, so same sex relationship, should we agree to disagree? So can we just say it doesn't matter? Sam Albury has a little article on that. How to Reach the West Again. That's all about that subversive fulfillment and counter-catechesis. We've got to learn how to do this. Tim Keller reviews God and the Gay Christian, the biblical case in support of same-sex relationship by Matthew Vines. I read that book. I don't know why I haven't got it with me. It's on my, it's on my, uh, on my, on my shelves. And then he reviews a couple of the books that I've mentioned, the Christian ones there, including another one called Washed and Waiting. Reflections on Christian Faithfulness and Homosexuality by Wesley Hill. So I'll send all this to anyone and that list on an email, or you, I've got 10 copies if someone wants to. Um, Can I just ask, just, I'm just kind of a little bit conscious because we're like 90% women and there's only one book that's written by a woman. Yeah. From that perspective. Rebecca, well, Rachel Gilson, yeah. yeah. Rebecca McLaughlin, uh, who's on this a couple of times. So the Secular Creed, Confronting, confronting Christianity, a gay, a gay Christian. And she's brilliant. So I would say Rebecca McLaughlin is the go-to person generally, but particularly on this uh, issue as well. Steve, have you read Jackie Hill Perry? Uh, no, I follow her on Twitter, but I haven't read her. <laughs> uh, so Jackie Hill Perry, yeah. yeah. So thanks, Emily. Yeah, I think uh, Rebecca McLaughlin is the one I would, I would go to there. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to a podcast just yesterday uh, by um, Abigail Favali of Notre Dame, 
and she wrote a book called The Genesis of Gender and she was about me. It's just brilliant. I've read her reviews and so there's another one. Uh, she'd be a Catholic theologian and uh, she's talking about this idea of created versus creation. Are we the creators or are we the creation and, and how that underpins everything we think about gender. Um, and she talks about the incoherencies in the current LGBTQ plus. And oh, the other person is, um, and he quotes her a lot actually. Carl Truman is um, uh, ex professor at Syracuse, New York. Gus Butterfield, you like her for yeah, Rosaria, Rosaria. Rosaria Butterfield, and so she was a feminist professor uh, in New York, and uh, was converted for a Presbyterian minister saying, "Can we just talk and can I understand your views and." just over lots of teas and coffees eventually helped her understand Jesus and she explained to come out of the gay community was a fearful thing because that's where her identity and her security was so um just yeah so there, there we go there's two more to your point oh uh, well uh, mere fidelity uh, the genesis of gender with abigail favali